Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Poor DMs have been like Pate State in the summertime. No class from a lot of you about some innocent predictions I made the other night. Uh, look, do I have Oklahoma State playing for a Big 12 championship? Yes, I do. Did I forget to mute my laptop? Also, yes. I, I, I took a stance, okay? I took some bold stances. I did not follow PMS, Preview Magazine Syndrome, if you will. I didn't. And if you came here for an apology tonight, I got to remind you guys, I've never been wrong. I have never missed on a prediction. As I've told you before, because Mimo used to tell me, my predictions don't go wrong. Kids, coaches, and officials have screwed any prediction up that I missed on. And I'm going to stay perfect this year, but there is pressure. I need your help. I need your support. That's what I need. And I think I have it because we hit 200K subs the other night. So I'm really, really feeling good right now. We're jam-packed. We're high atop a euphoric downtown Nashville, not just because of the personal milestones, but because college football is upon us. Everyone will have played by the end of this weekend. We're headed to Utah in like 24 hours for Florida versus Utah. We're going to pick that game tonight. I'm going to pick South Carolina, North Carolina. We got LSU, FSU. Uh, we've got a ton of games to get to. I got some assistant coaches that are rapidly ascending the industry I need you to tell, tell you about. And also, pull out that train horn. Get those noodles out. The Ramen Noodle Express is back. I think the other night I told you it was coming back, but I did not tell those of you who are new around here what the Ramen Noodle Express is. That's okay. Stay tuned. In due time, you will A, make money, and B, know exactly why we call it the Ramen Noodle Express. They're watching us in Irmo, South Carolina, Portage, Indiana, Southington, Connecticut, Rome, Georgia. A lot of towns there that I'm sure are very nice to grow up on. Um, I got to tell you something. Real estate in Nashville is insane. You look in Green Hills, million-dollar homes. You look in Thompson Station, multi-million-dollar homes from what I hear. And it can be tough, but as Colin and Jesse and I were talking about earlier, 
Why would you shell out seven figures for a house when you could just live in Brandon Walker's head rent free? Damn, Josh Pate really got that much real estate in your head? You saw Josh Pate too? You're like, damn, I gotta put. Are, are you on his payroll to say his name? <laughs> it's nine times you said his name, Jack. You said I didn't watch any college football shows. It wasn't. A, I didn't want a ringing endorsement of our of our opponents. I like Josh you'll Pate. A, you'll get a chalice. Yes, he will, Catherine, as will you, as will Casey. In fact, I decided for the Unnecessary Roughness crew, three chali are going to be shipped, and they're going to go to quadrants two, three, and four, as you saw them there. And if you didn't see them on podcast, just imagine three of my friends and then some rando up in the northwest corner of the screen. <sighs> it's nice to be in the spot that we're in, isn't it? Let's dive into the show tonight. We got so much to get to. I have got a, an exciting announcement about Thursday's show, which will air from Utah. So let me put a star next to that. I need to tell you about a lot of things. All right, but first things first, let's talk about this game we're going to. Uh, Colin, I did not specify this beforehand. Let's get this one cut and out on the channel later tonight. <laughs> Just do our business right here on air. Okay, Florida is going to Utah. Thursday night game, the Once Upon a Saturday tour is kicking off on a Thursday night, wonderful, wonderful artwork for us this year, and I will be giving appropriate attribution in due time. But this is a Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time game, and I've never been able to specify Mountain Time because I don't think we've attended a game in the Mountain Time zone, but we are tonight. You know what's beautiful, just gorgeous about this matchup? Both of these teams think a physical game favors them. And you know who wins in that scenario? Maybe Florida, maybe Utah, but we win. You and I win. Look at helmets flying all over the place. It's going to be beautiful. Can't wait to see what kind of uniforms Utah rolls out in. So as you know, if you've been following college football, if you've been following this game, especially if you guys are trying to bet it, you know that Cam Rising's status is very much up in the air. Now, full disclosure, he's in the other room producing the show tonight. But in a much more real sense, he's, he's very much in doubt as to whether he's going to start at quarterback for Utah Thursday night. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a little risk here. I don't have inside information. It's impossible because it's a Kyle Whittingham program, so no one has inside information. I'm going to say that he's not playing, and I'm going to operate off that assumption. And Brant Kuth, the big-time tight end, also... Uh, not playing in this game. And so Bryson Barnes is the name. That's the quarterback that we're likely looking at, likely, starting for Utah. Limited trust passing. So I look at this game, and I think it's kind of like a package game for Utah. Anytime you put in a quarterback that has limited experience, it's not that you're going to tell him, don't you dare throw this ball, but you're going to significantly shave down your playbook. Now, it's a little bit different because Utah has known this is a possibility for a while, so they've worked through the whole summer and fall camp knowing that it could be an issue. He could have to start for us. So it's a little bit different than losing your starter in week six and then your, your backup, or in this case, your third string guys in in week seven. I get that. Still think it's very much a package game, and that is because I got a great offensive line. Uh, Utah thinks that they can pound the ball. Both these teams do. Both these teams think they can pound the ball. Kyle Whittingham, he could make an argument he's got his best defense out there that he's ever had. And so what is that? Well, it's a flytrap special, as we like to call it. It's the kind of game that you let come to you. You know the old adage, more games are lost than they are won in week one in college football? Well, they say that because it's true. And so you don't have to be the cheetah in week one. 
We use as many nature metaphors as possible on this show. You can be the fly trap. You can just let Florida come to you, and then, and then once they do, you got you to you chomp them up. You got to chomp them up. So can they afford to play that style? Well, I don't think they have many options. So that's the style I would expect from Utah. And here's what's fun about that. We get to find out which Graham Mertz theory is correct when it comes to Florida offensively this year. That win total there is five and a half for a reason. People don't believe in him. I've told you a few times. I'll, I'll tell you one more time. And then this story will be expired because the season will have started. Napier told us at SEC Media Days, he said, man, yeah, I evaluated all those quarterbacks. We took him, but it was the feedback we got from the Wisconsin staff. The fact that they felt they misused him, they misdeveloped him, they could have done so much more with him. That's what made us think there may be a little more tread on these tires than anyone has seen from his time at Wisconsin. Okay, great. And I know a lot of my Florida buddies are really excited and they expect when the curtain goes up on the 2023 version of Florida Thursday night, they're going to shock the world and they're going to make an emphatic statement. Great. There are other people who think they'll crash and burn horrifically. Great. Well, it wouldn't be great. Um, Someone's going to be right. So my point there with Graham Mertz is I doubt we see an extreme. I don't think he'll be terrible. I don't think he'll be at the forefront of Heisman conversations. Although if you'll remember, and this just jogged in my memory, Wisconsin with Mertz opened, I think against Illinois. Jesse, when was that? It was like a standalone game and they opened against him and Mertz was just on fire. And there was a time, kids, believe it or not, it's worth a good old fashioned Google. There was a time where Graham Mertz's name was thrown around in week one Heisman talk which is oxymoronic. It shouldn't even be a thing that exists, but it did exist. And there was, there was once upon a time, once upon a, probably like a Thursday or Friday, not quite a Saturday. So what's the reality there? And does this turn into a game where he has to make several plays through the air? You know, Florida's got some young guys that they think in time will emerge at wide receiver, and that could be the case for a lot of the team. Uh, yards after catch is an area where you know, they think that they could do some business, but also it's, it's an area Thursday where it would concern me if that's what I have to rely on because I trust, I trust Utah's defense. I trust it big time. So it's a wild potential emotional swing. That's always the case in week one. But I want you to think about something just for a second. Everyone's got their thought about Florida. Everyone thinks they'll either be terrible or in most cases, if you're a Florida fan, you think they'll be better than anticipated, could win seven, could win eight. Um, let's say they go out there and they pull the upset. Well, that's a big deal because it doesn't matter who started at quarterback for Utah. If you get that win and then you come home and, and all of a sudden you can tell the disaster scenario is not going to happen. Well, then all of a sudden you're really, really encouraged and you're buoyed and all that sort of thing. What if Florida goes out there and they face a backup quarterback and they lose anyway? Think about that little A-B scenario and think about how different things feel. Think about the talk around that guy, Billy Napier. This is what it comes down to in this sport. They're so lucky in baseball. They play 162 games. You lose seven in a row and still win the World Series. In college football, man, the, the trajectory of a ball off a kicker's foot late in a game could be the difference in you being called the fastest riser in your profession versus you being tossed on the scrap heap. So what do we think about this? Well, you know if you've watched our show for a while, not only do I make a pick on it, I like to pick against the number two, but we have our own internal model. Here it is right here. Uh, except when the model's talking about Texas, you should generally trust the model. And we generate our own internal number here. 
So Vegas is Utah minus six and a half on this game. I have to tell you what we did with our model is we removed Cam Rising. So I do not have Rising starting baked into this number. Uh, We have the game right at a pick. Now, we were already slightly going to lean Florida, even if Rising was starting. Not by much, but we were going to slightly lean Florida plus the points. But as of now, if if it's the case that he's not starting, I'm going to take Florida to cover. I am going to very, very slightly lean Florida to win the game, which could swing with the quarterback situation. Um, I think it'll be really competitive. I think it'll be really low scoring. That total, 44 and a half, that's like an old school NFC East matchup. And Utah, 6-0 and straight up, 5-1 and against the spread at home last season. I, I cannot stand picking games for Utah because I'm never right uh, because most of the time they're at their best when they're doubted. And so I, I never feel like I can do anything right with that program. So here's what I can do. I can go out there. I can give the program as much publicity as this show can possibly give it. We're going to do our Thursday show from Rice-Eccles Stadium. And it's going to air at 3 Eastern, one mountain time. Yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, going to be hot out there. Going to actually be warmer there than it is in Nashville. I don't know how in the world that happens. But looking very much forward to this. I think Billy Napier in Florida, somehow, some way, crawling over broken glass, find a way to get this done. And if they do, hey, maybe they're off to the races. If they don't, <clears throat> very uncomfortable conversations to come Friday. I, uh, in a related note, just piggybacking off that game, I do have a quick bit of information for you. The Pate State store is open. PateStateMaterial.com is open. We are going to be just shooting new items into that store quite frequently. A couple of them showed up today. Uh, In fact, Director Colin, about five minutes before the show, was able to upload them. Since we're headed to Utah, one of the Pate State My State shirt series uh, items is now a Utah shirt. So we're going to put that up there, PateStateMaterial.com. You can purchase it at your leisure. But also, the Once Upon a Saturday tour, I think, is beautiful as a name. It's beautiful as a design on a shirt. It is our best-selling shirt thus far in the store. And we are going to specifically, one week only, we are going to make trip-specific Once Upon a Saturday tour shirts. And so there you see it right there on your, on your right, actually, or on it looks like my right. Um, Rice Eccles Stadium, August 31st, Salt Lake City, Utah. Kind of like a concert tour. The Once Upon a Saturday tour headed to Salt Lake, and we are at least for one week commemorating it there in the Pate State store. I don't want to say collector's item. I'm just saying that's not available after this weekend. So plan your life and your finances accordingly. I was perusing today the athletic, as I often do, because I think they do great work. I think it's a horrifically mismanaged company, but that's not their fault. They do great work. And so Colin will leave that part out. Bruce Feldman over at The Athletic uh, put out a really good piece today. It's probably still on the front page of their college football section. But what he did is he went and talked to a bunch of folks in the industry. A few people are more connected than Bruce. And he, he assembled a list of like the 30 hottest coordinator and assistant coach names. So forget the head coaches. Look beneath the surface. This is such a key. Like I was talking to someone in the industry today, and they were talking about relative strength of coaching staffs. Everybody knows the head coaches, or at least we do. We're diehard fans. But do you, just, do you just know Wisconsin's running back coach off the top of your head? Probably not. But what if he's really good? And so Bruce Heldman at least went 30 deep on highlighting some of these guys. Garrett Riley's right at the top of his list. I cannot disagree. Garrett Riley got hired at Clemson as the offensive coordinator. This is an impact name. In the, in the ACC race, in the playoff race, 
This is an impact name this year. I think it's probably the most high-profile assistant coaching move. You could argue Tommy Reese because of where he went. He went to Alabama. But Garrett Riley is a proven commodity. Garrett Riley's had top 15 uh, points-per-game offenses the last three years. So that guy got it done at TCU. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing to watch, because a lot of folks think he'll be a head coach soon. I do, too. Clemson was 30th last year in that stat category, and they were woeful the year before. So if he puts them in the top 15, or especially if he puts them top 10 this year, with folks thinking that they're not overly dynamic at wide receiver, I'm not saying it is going to be one and done. I'm saying he'll have head coaching offers immediately, and that wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. So keep an eye on Garrett Riley. Phil Longo goes from North Carolina as the OC up to Wisconsin as the OC. And if you didn't know they had hired Luke Fickle as their head coach, you would say, oh, that's what a gross fit. Why would Phil Longo go to Wisconsin? They don't throw the ball. They're going to now. We had Luke Fickle at Big Ten Media Days. I said, how different is this offense going to be? He said, oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Now, I don't think you'll get the full Phil Longo experience in year one only because they got guys like Braylon Allen on the team. Like they, it's still as much as they portaled a quarterback and multiple receivers in, they've got to acknowledge we're really good at running back. We're really good on the offensive line and run blocking. We're still going to run the ball. But in 2019 through 2022, Longo had top 15 points per game and pass yards per game offenses each year down at North Carolina. It's pretty much all they had at North Carolina. Uh, what is he going to do with Wisconsin? Because again, if they have a pretty radical and just boom, immediate transformation offensively. Number one, it'll catch everyone's attention. Number two, Wisconsin will be doing things you didn't think Wisconsin could ever do. And all of a sudden, Phil Longo's a household name. And I mean by casual fans. We already mostly know who he is. But when you get the casuals parroting your name, it's not too much, it's not too much further down the road that you get to pick wherever you go work. What about Matt House down at LSU? Matt House is the defensive coordinator there. Uh, seven new starters last year, and they lost Mason Smith in game one, which a lot of people thought was just going to gut their defense. And he still found a way to improve them from 10th to 5th in the SEC in scoring defense last year. That's not easy. That's not easy. That is coaching. And that's players executing, and that's portaling in good talent immediately, and that's having some good talent left to work with. But man, that's coaching. And so Matt House in his mid-40s could be a Broyles Award guy this year because he's got a bunch of really talented guys to work with, especially in that front. You watch them in their secondary. They play Florida State Sunday night. I'm going to break the game down in a few minutes. They play FSU Sunday night. Really good group of pass catchers, including at tight end. If they look, if they look above average, with sort of a portaled together secondary, uh, I, they figure to improve throughout the year if they remain healthy. It'll only continue to increase his stock. I know a lot of people are watching that. They want to know what can that guy do with that secondary. A lot of people are talking about that behind the scenes. I want to go to the position group ranks for just a second. Jaywan Sider up at Penn State. Jaywan Sider is a really interesting story because he's an extremely good coach. He's, he's been in that running backs room forever. And so he's, he's got coordinator next to his name. I associate him with running backs because that's, that's how I've known him for a long time. But it's an interesting, or what am I sitting there thinking about? Yours is just the OC. So 
Jaywan Sider at running backs coach for Penn State is in a position that few people find themselves in. Uh, he's paid handsomely, as he should be, as a position coach. Yet, when you talk to him, I spent like an hour talking to him when we were up there this spring. You think you're talking to a head coach. You're talking to a guy who's got a lot of years of experience under his belt. He's coached a lot of really good players, and a lot of them are doing big things in the NFL now. But the thing about it is, most of the time, when guys get hired away to be a head coach, they get hired away from the coordinator positions to go work in the G5 ranks, maybe, and then work their way up. Not all the time, but a lot of time, that's how it works. So with Jaywan Sider, and he didn't tell me this, this is my opinion, it's my observation, he doesn't really need to do that. He's got an excellent spot right now at Penn State. He's on a really good staff. They got a really good vibe, really good energy up there. Uh, he recruits very well. Guys know if I want to be developed at the running back position, I'm going to go play for that guy. It's going to happen. As long as I put in the work, it's going to happen. And so I look at him and I think, you know, if I had a spot open at Pate State, I'd offer it. But if he doesn't get an offer, if he doesn't get the perfect offer any given offseason, I think he's just content to stay there. I would be too. Uh, but I'll tell you this now, and I don't run a consulting service, but maybe I should. I'd give him a look. I'd, I'd give him much more than a passing glance. Talk to him. Listen, listen to him. Ask him his opinion on matters that extend beyond a running back's room. I think you'd be kind of surprised. They're going to have another good year this year, by the way. Got one of the best running back rooms in the country. Also, up at Kansas State, I want you guys to keep a close eye on Colin Klein. Played quarterback for them like five minutes ago, it seems like. And he's the offensive coordinator there now. They had 422 yards per game last year, and they juggled quarterbacks. And Will Howard's back this year, and now it shifts to, well, can they replace Deuce Vaughn? Well, they think they got a really, really good substitute out of the transfer portal, but the point is, that team will be anonymous until this year. Fill in the blank. Until fill in the blank. Uh, they play, I think, Missouri in week three. Could be an interesting game. It's on the Once Upon a Saturday Tour radar. I'll just, I'll just leave that there for now. But they're replacing a lot of skill this year. So what people are talking about with him is if they can duplicate that success and they replace those guys, it's not Georgia. It's not Alabama. It's not Ohio State. You don't just reload, typically, at Kansas State. Um, if, they, if they take new names and they put up that same kind of production, you're going to see his name involved uh, a lot more in searches. And it would not surprise me if his name was involved in searches this last go-around. He's just still in Manhattan. So. Those are some names to keep an eye on. That entire article by Bruce Feldman is still available on The Athletic. Really good stuff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You know what means a lot to me? It means a lot to me to have a, a great dedicated staff in the, in the room just on the other side of this wall. It means a lot that you guys got us over 200,000 subs. It means a lot. But it also means a lot when those that you care about the most text you. And when you open up the text, they're in an Academy Sports and Outdoors parking lot. That's how you know people care. And I care about you guys, and that's why I continue to tell you, Academy Sports and Outdoors, before you head out to tailgate this weekend, make sure you hit up Academy. Uh, some of you are going to be in blazing heat, only to find yourself in frigid conditions a few months from now. So, so you'll need heaters and thermal gear three months down the road, but you're going to need a canopy, you're going to need shade, you're going to need very loose-fitting, light-colored clothing in the meantime. They got it all. At Academy Sports and Outdoors, I keep messing with you guys, telling you they also sell Big League Chew in the checkout line, and it has become sort of a cult-like tradition in my DMs and email inbox that a lot of you keep taking pictures of the Big League Chew as you're in line. Great, because if you're in line, you probably bought more than the Big League Chew. If you can't get there in person, academy.com has your hookup. We've got new stores opening. We've got new ones opening. We just had one in Carmel, Indiana, actually, and we sent several chalai of supremacy out from those who showed up and represented our show in the process. So find you someone who cares about you enough to take pictures of themselves in an Academy Sports and Outdoors parking lot. And hey, let me also just give you a little bit of free advice. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're looking for that special someone. This place right here, probably better options than any club you're going to be at, any bar you're going to be at this weekend. And they didn't tell me to say that. In fact, they would probably discourage me from saying that because it's not what the store is all about. But there are just there's so many quality options in every way imaginable at Academy Sports and Outdoors. If anyone, by the way, if anyone ever brings me proof, evidence that you met your future significant other, spouse, what, what have you, at Academy, I don't know what we're sending you. I may just send you Jesse. That's worth more than a chalice of supremacy. So that's... That's just an open challenge out there to anyone. And if you, if you propose in an academy, probably needs to be orchestrated because I don't really think she's going for it otherwise, but I don't care. The optics alone would be great. So yeah, a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges for this fall. Whew, we got a challenge this Sunday night coming up. Dare I say the game of the week, Sunday night in Orlando. Let me take a sip from the chalice, Colin, before we actually start this. Uh, two sips. Yep. Big game. Really big game on tap. Appreciate you guys watching live. If you are, make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. Okay, here we go. LSU's favored by two and a half right now. Sunday night in Orlando against Florida State. This is a 7.30 Eastern time kickoff. And boy, oh boy, where do you go? I had two coaches call me today and I answered the phone. One, one time I was in the presence of my staff. I answered the phone and I said, hey, 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 before you say anything, I just need you to tell me, do you have a lean on this LSU-FSU game? And they said, 
Yeah, coin flip. I don't know, man. And that's kind of how I felt. And here's the bad part. We've had all summer to think about this. And I still, as of this morning when I woke up, I didn't really know where I was going to go. So, so I thought through it, and I want you to think through it with me, and hopefully we arrive at the right conclusion. So the one thing that we always need to remember about week one is these games can be really wobbly. This game was pretty ugly to watch last year. Let's just be real about that. Pretty ugly to watch last year. Week one games can be loose. You know, this is, this is driving the car out of the shop after you just got four new tires on there. You may hear a wobble. You may feel a wobble. You never know. And then when you toss elite defensive front talent into that blender, havoc rates could drastically increase in week one. So the bob factor, the bounce of ball factor, the havoc rate factor, the turnover factor, it's always the case. But especially in week one, it's like doubly or triply the case. So is this game going to be as ugly as it was last year? Uh, there are some people in this building who think no, who think these coaching staffs really, really going to have these teams more dialed in. It's going to be a, a higher executed game. We'll see. I hope so, you know, for our viewing sake, but we'll see. I love the early season test for LSU's DBs. Just throw them into the fire. Love the early season test. FSU's passing attack is legit. It got more legit since last season. They added Coleman. Keon Coleman's the transfer from Michigan State. So all this talk we've done for months about this guy's going here, that guy's going there. Okay, well, this is where rubber meets the road. They got that big receiver from Michigan State who wanted no more of the Spartans. Well, he's now at Florida State. Johnny Wilson is down there. Kentron Poitier, down there. Uh, Jaheim Bell transferred in. The tight end, the underutilized tight end from South Carolina, he transferred in. It seems like a long time ago. They're all there. They're all really, really big. They got size. They got big-time players, literally and figuratively, in that FSU wide receiver and tight end room. And what do I have over there on the other side? I got a bunch of transfers. That's what I have. Now, that sounds pejorative. It's not. It's just questionable. Just questionable. LSU could find out that they caught lightning in a bottle. Zy Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, they could just light the world on fire. Or there could be issues. We find out. We don't have to wait. This is a team that can throw the ball so we could find out Sunday night. Jordan Travis has got to execute. Like I said, when, when I got Harold Perkins lining up across from me, even without Mason Smith, when I got those difference makers up front for LSU lining up across from me, it's great for me to think I've got mismatches out wide. Boy, I got to have time to throw it. I got to execute. And there are guys up front for LSU who probably think to themselves, we welcome you trying to throw the ball on us. Forget our secondary. These dudes up front, we welcome you trying to throw the ball on us. We'll end up scoring. This defense will end up scoring. It's the mentality I guarantee you they're coming into Sunday night with. We'll see if they actually make Florida State pay or vice versa. These are called matchups. That's what wins football games. Does LSU's offensive line own the point of attack? A lot of really positive reviews coming out of Baton Rouge this fall. They love that unit, immunity. They love what they have there. And uh, as an LSU observer talking to a bunch of LSU fans, you guys know it's been a sketchy position group over the last decade. There's some years where you come in and say, oh, if everything goes right, maybe. There are other years you come in and say, there's not a single NFL guy here. Th these are all college at best guys. Well, this is not one of those years. LSU's got really, really good players on the offensive line. FSU defensively last year, fourth in pass yards given up, 75th in rush yards given up. So 
the simple-minded person, of which I sometimes am included, would sit there and think, okay, well, let's just run the ball on them. Well, LSU fans also know that running back position has been nothing to write home about for several years, with few exceptions. Now, you could committee approach this thing, and you could have reasonable success. I'd really love to see a guy emerge. I feel like I say this every year. I'd love to see a guy emerge. I would love to see that LSU offensive line taken advantage of by LSU, not by another team. And that starts on the ground. You got a quarterback who can run it too, but that starts on the ground. Jalen Daniels was sacked 45 times last year. That was third most in FBS for all the wrong reasons. So the LSU offensive line, first off, just on the ground, just paving the way. But secondly, in pass pro, got to be better. Got to be better. Did some good things as a team last year. But if you want to take the next step, and this is a key game for you to do that, you lose Sunday night, you got no more margin for error in the playoff race, or probably don't. We'll see. So I'm lining up, if I'm LSU, I'm lining up across from guys like Jared Verse. I'm lining up across from some really good pass rushers. Again, I go back to the havoc potential in this game. Forcing turnovers, uh, forcing third and longs, uh, forcing fumbles, all sorts of different things. It's all in the cards, no matter if you play in week one or week seven. But for these two teams matching up against each other, it's especially in the cards Sunday night. That's why I don't think there's much skill in picking the game, although I'm about to in a second. Also, remember, it's, it's the new age of college football. You always have to factor in the portal factor. And this is the number two and number six portal teams facing each other. So there are a lot of new faces that were elsewhere last year who are going to be impact players. FSU last year led the ACC in rushing. Okay, so I haven't talked about Mason Smith being out yet for LSU. He's suspended. Brian Kelly said even if he wasn't suspended, he may or may not have been able to go. Uh, but he's suspended. So without him in the interior, the talking point from FSU is we're still deep enough, we're okay. I'm of the opinion you never lose 6'6", 315 pounds, former five-star, and don't feel it. Now, you could compensate for it maybe, but you feel that. So from Florida State's perspective, they look at that and say, well, before we air it out, you know, before we commit to taking a ton of risk through the air, might we want to find out if they can stand up to us on the ground? Because last year, LSU you know, did some pretty good things against individuals on this FSU team in terms of uh, defending the run. Make them do it again. Make them do it again. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. And you have answers if they do. And if they don't, then moot point. So let's take a look at what the model thinks. The Vegas number, again, is LSU minus two and a half. There is no strong feel here. From the model's perspective, it shrugged its shoulders when I asked it what it thought. Uh, we have LSU minus one. I have, as of like 30 minutes ago, just decided I'm going to go with LSU. I have very, very low confidence on this, but I'm going to take LSU. I'll lay the points because I don't want to be that guy who says LSU wins, but Florida State covers the two and a half because that's insane. Even though statistically it could happen, that's insane. So I'm going to go LSU to win. I'm going to go LSU to cover. This is the number five team versus the number nine team in the odds market to win the national championship this year. Great matchup. Wish it was in a home stadium, but I have stated my case there, and I'm moving on. I have j just a terrible nose itch right now, and there's, there's no side shot Colin can take. Like we, don't, we, we only have one protocol on the show, and that's if I cross my arms, Colin knows that means I've lost my voice and I have to cough. 
Thankfully, we haven't reached that point tonight. There is no signal I give him for calling my nose itches. Bail. Just put a slate up. Take a side shot. I don't know. Show Studio B. So you just have to scratch your nose on air. I think we're close enough, though. Like, you and I, you and I have been through enough where I can trust you guys not to make gifts and take screenshots of that. I, I know I can. I, I know that would never happen. That doesn't sound like you guys. It's time to give away some hardware. If, you, if I can't just trust you, I will buy your complicity. Let's talk about Tyler first up. Tyler is a young man that you need to know because Tyler gets tickets the week before home games from Kyle Field ticket offices. Okay, this is a tradition as old as time out there. The seniors and grad students pull their tickets on Monday, so we camp out, Tyler says, to try and be first in line to get our tickets to get better seats. I thought this would be a unique opportunity to advertise for the show and try and earn a chalice of supremacy. I hung a sign on our tent. Everyone walking by saw it, or they get in line behind us and they see it. Since putting the sign up, I've had several people acknowledge it. One guy even poked his head in the tent and asked about the show. So it's been working. I hope my efforts and submission are worthy for a chalice. Tyler, chalice of supremacy on its way to College Station, Texas. And then I get a submission from Dylan. Now, for what will become obvious reasons, I can't show you any pictures that Dylan sent me. But he said, I drive a bus full of middle schoolers to their football games. And in order for them to get off the bus, they had to show me that they subscribed to Late Kick. I explained to them the chalice challenge. And they didn't believe it would be possible for me to earn one. The last thing they did before they got off the bus to beat our cross-county rival 20-12 to 12 was subscribe to the channel. Number one, that's paid state material. And number two, Dylan, chalice on the way, my friend. Feel free to pose with the kiddos. I don't know what the rules are, what the laws are, what we can show on air, but there is no law against enjoying your chalice of supremacy. Let's continue with our picks. Very sneaky game. Very sneaky game in Charlotte on Saturday night. Let's break it down right now. Mm. And um, <clears throat> I have noticed, and I don't know why this is, I've noticed a lot of people haven't picked up on the fact that this is a neutral site game. Like a lot of people think this is being played in Columbia. It's North Carolina, South Carolina, by the way. So it's not, so make sure you know, neutral site game here. North Carolina, favored by two and a half against South Carolina. Great news. For Gamecock fans, Juice Wells, as of today, according to Shane Beamer, healthy, good to go. He will start. Uh, Nick Harbour, healthy, according to Shane Beamer. He's good to go. He can play. Trey Knox, the tight end, we had been worried about him. Sounds like he's good to go. Sounds like he's going to play. So, still got some injury concern, but those were the big names that we were looking at. Be careful. Be very careful. I know some of you want to hawk these totals in week one, and you look at over under 64 and a half, and you think, how could this game not go over that? We got a really good quarterback matchup here. I don't believe in either of these defenses. I can hear you now. And I looked at our model, and the over under is 64.5, and our model thinks 64.4 points will be scored in this game. Model thinks the total's right. Here's where I think maybe, just maybe, you're missing something. You think North Carolina, and your mind thinks explosive up and down the field, offense, offense, offense. Fair enough. And they'll probably have to be that way to score again this year. Phil Longo's not there anymore. Chip Lindsey is. And Chip Lindsey's approach is a little bit different than Phil Longo's. Still going to throw the ball. You got Drake May, you still take advantage of it, but he runs the ball a lot more. And I think that they understand the way we tried to do things last year will not work. So we got to give our defense at least some kind of respite. Drake May, 
was their leading rusher last year. They didn't have dependable running backs, and they've got to develop that. You can't, I don't need to explain to you how bad that is. They've got to develop that. So in, in looking at that and in thinking about South Carolina's best approach here, I actually think the strategy logic in this game may flip. Here's what I mean by that. I think right now you may look at this if you don't know much about these teams and you just remember the bowl game and you read a preview magazine. You may look at this game and you may say, hmm, I think South Carolina needs to run the ball. Keep Drake May off the field. Keep him on the sideline. Wouldn't be the first time someone said that about an elite quarterback. But here's the thing. South Carolina can throw the ball and win this game. Throwing it, and I think they're going to be ultra-aggressive throwing the ball. If Spencer Rattler is one of the strengths of your team, and if you can take advantage of that secondary, don't be trying to play with your secondary pitch. Throw the ball on them. Like, rip them to shreds if you can. And if you do that, well, yeah, yeah, first off, maybe your over bet is sound. But number two, I expect big-time aggression from South Carolina in the pass game early. I don't mean settle in and then all of a sudden drop a bomb out of nowhere. I mean early. I think they're going to go after them. I think they'll go after their throat, and I think that they won't hesitate to turn it loose, especially if they got guys like Juice Wells playing, if they got Trey Knox playing. I, I don't see why you don't do that. And look, if it doesn't work, you've got the tailback talent to lean on. And that leads to my other question. I have had some feedback over the fall camp period uh, from people trying to indicate to me maybe North Carolina will be better defensively. Guys, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Could be wrong. I don't see that. If I'm wrong, and if those returns are right, we'll know because we'll see different disruption along the defensive front. That's where it'll be. And you, you won't have to wait long. You'll know. And if we don't have that, it has to be Drake May and South Carolina mistakes, I think. And it's funny, I'm talking like this. North Carolina's favored to win the game. I'm talking about them like they're a 10-point dog. They're favored to win the game. And I'll tell you this, too. While I'm at it, let me go ahead and show you something else. So South Carolina, a two-and-a-half-point dog, according to Vegas, our model, which I strongly disagree with in this game, and I'm not legally obligated to follow our model, our model loves North Carolina. Our model has North Carolina minus four and a half. So it is screaming across a key number of three. The model is screaming, bet the heels, bet the heels. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it because I think South Carolina is the better team. And so I'm going to take South Carolina to cover. I'm going to take South Carolina to win outright. And I am going to probably watch a high-scoring game. I just don't know if it's going to be quite as high as people think it is. I, I think Gamecocks are going to get the job done here. And so I'm going to take them, at, not with a ton of confidence, but I'm going to take them now. I'll tell you what we're waiting for still. Inexplicably, we do not know the status of Devontae Walker. Unless something's changed since I've been on air tonight, because we are live, we don't know the status. And for those of you who have recently come back to the table, Devontae Walker was at one school, never played. Transferred to another school, COVID, canceled the season, never played. Transferred to Kent State, blew up. First year he ever played college football. Actually on the field, ever played. Then transferred to North Carolina. After he transferred, the NCAA passed new legislation that really tightened up the rules on which transfers and waivers they would allow and approve. They rule against his waiver. They declare him ineligible this year. They filed an appeal, uh, mainly because it's insane that he can't play for him this year. On the surface, much less with the extenuating circumstances, 
and we have not heard back. It's been weeks now. We have not heard anything. North Carolina, as of today, had not heard anything. The NCAA sucks. They are terrible at the only thing that they're tasked with doing. Uh, There is not a student athlete out there that is in better hands with them handling a case they're involved in than without them. So other than that, enjoy the game, I guess. It's supposed to be their number one receiver. Like Josh Downs is out the door. Uh, Devontae Walker transfers in and everyone looks at it and says, wow, that's a really key piece to North Carolina. And it is. We just don't know if he's going to be able to play this week or at all. We don't know if he's going to be able to play. So just a a marvelous job being done, looking out for the kids up there in Indianapolis. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Let's go with one more game prediction here. It's a different kind of game. Ramen Noodle Express coming up. Got best bets coming up. Uh, Ooh, it's back. Looking very much forward to that. Uh, Some atonement, by the way, for us. We won money last year. We just didn't win like we did the year before. So we're out for blood, not revenge. We're out for blood this year, though. But in the meantime, West Virginia is going to Penn State this week. A lot of dynamics involved here. Penn State's favored by 20 and a half. This is a 7.30 game Eastern time on NBC Saturday night. Stats and info. Paper pop here. Stats and info tells me West Virginia is seeking their first upset as a 20-plus point dog since 1995, Braves won the World Series that year. Apparently, West Virginia wasn't very good because they were 20-point underdogs, as they are here. Let me tell you how we handle big spreads on this show. There is no skill, well, there's, there's a waste of time, in me telling you I think Penn State's going to win. So instead, what we do is we'll pick the game against the spread, and I try and tell you if the upset happens, how would it happen? Just in theory, not necessarily a prediction. West Virginia, back-to-back losing seasons, by the way. Last time that happened was 78 and 79, so it's been a little while. West Virginia, if they pull this off, if they're in this thing in the fourth quarter, they have to exploit what may or may not be there, and that's vulnerability along the Penn State front when it comes to run defense. Like West Virginia's offensive line should be pretty good. There's some thought out there, especially when I predicted them to go to the playoff, there was some thought that Penn State's run defense won't be good enough. Well, we'll see. I grant you that it's a question mark. I don't know that it's going to be a weakness, but we'll see. Um, If that run defense is questionable, maybe West Virginia is able to grind it out. Maybe they're able to limit possessions, but they also need to confuse Drew Aller. Now, let me take this time to remind you, James Franklin stepped to the podium today. He looked you in the eye and he said, I have not decided on a starting quarterback or I'm not going to announce a starting quarterback. So I know it may be irresponsible of me. And I haven't gotten clearance to do this, and I have not talked to James Franklin this week. But for our purposes here, just keep this between us. I'm announcing Drew Aller as the starter this week. That's good? Jesse, we okay with that? Okay. So for our purposes, he's going to start. Now, now that we got that out of the way, there's a big announcement I had to make there. So now that we got that out of the way, someone can tell him in due time, they need to confuse him. West Virginia needs to confuse him. It's his first start. Well, it's not... Jesse, how many games did he start last year when Clifford was hurt? Okay, so it's not his first experience. Had 10 10 appearances last year. It's the first time where he's the guy. It's his team now. And that hasn't been announced, but it will be announced. So you couple that. Let's just theoretically play it out. If you couple that with maybe no wide receivers emerging. Lambert Smith's up there. Wallace is up there. Dante Cephas came in. Uh, In time, they think he'll be an impact player for him this year. But let's just say the questions are valid and Penn State's wide receivers can't separate and 
your 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 new quarterback is struggling to make anything happen. It's just an ugly game. Yeah, that could happen. That's that's the kind of thing we've seen before. But here's the issue. Unless West Virginia grabs a big lead, which I don't see happening, their run game's going to lean on you and you won't have an answer eventually. Like Penn State's ground game's too lethal and it's going to force you to try and take too many risks and that's where you play into their hands. Cuz they're the defense they're secondary. Those linebackers, those edge rushers, really good. They will force mistakes. I think too many. And so let's take a look at what the Vegas number is. Let's take a look at what the model thinks. Interestingly enough, the Vegas number is Penn State minus 20 and a half. We've only got it Penn State minus 18 and a half. And yet I still disagree with the model. A lot of disagreement. Uh, a very, very hostile opening to the season, me and the model. I'm taking the Penn State to win. I'm taking Penn State to cover. And I think that. I think that it's going to be kind of a, a, a game where you have moments where you say, oh, dude, this Penn State team doesn't have it. And then you look up at the end of it, and they won by you know three-plus touchdowns. And you say, all right, well, so okay, they won. But it didn't look great. That's okay. And you know what? They play Delaware the next week, and that's okay if it looks like that. Now, I need things ratcheted up significantly before you go to Illinois because – Welcome to 2023. That's a really big game. But I think they'll be okay. They may not be perfect. This is not Xbox. This is the real world. These are living, breathing human beings having to play this game. But I think they'll be okay. All right. We'll be okay, too. <clears throat> because I, I hold in my hand the Ramen Noodle Express. And I, I need to go back. Let's travel back in time. For those of you who are new to the show and you don't know why we call this the Ramen Noodle Express, once upon a time, I was doing talk radio in Columbus, Georgia. And we would have fun, just like anyone would, doing talk radio, and we would give out the games we were going to bet. And, you know, we got on a little roll at one point. Let's, let's just say we went like, like, I don't know, 20 and 6, just a stretch like that. We've all been on a heater before, followed by several coolers. But we've all been on a heater. So we're on a heater. And a guy calls in. And he starts what we think is a joke of a call by saying, hey, guys, give me some picks. I'm just, I'm just going to unload everything I have in my account on them. You guys are hot. It doesn't feel like you can lose, et cetera, et cetera. So we hand out the picks. And it, the tone turns serious after that. And he says, now, how sure are you about these? And we're like, well, we're sure as we can be. I mean, we're not going to actually sign our names or, or you know, put a put an oath of blood anywhere, but we're pretty sure about it. Why, buddy? He said, well, I mean, look, if, if these lose, like my kids are eating ramen noodles this week. Now, everyone makes that joke now, but this was before that joke really existed. So he was serious and we laughed and he didn't. And he said, no, no, I'm serious. I mean, I need this. I need these picks. My kids are eating ramen noodles this week. Otherwise, like I won't have money for them. And truthfully, I can't even remember how the picks did that week, but I did remember that moment. And so what we don't want to do Far be it for me to put any of you guys on a diet of ramen noodles. So I don't know where you are in life right now. I always encourage you, if you can't afford to bet money, never do it. If you can afford to bet money, candidly, I still advise against it. But I know you guys. Many of you are ignoring me, and you're going to go bet anyway. So if you are, humbly, I resort to the model over here, and we have circled four games. I'm moving on four games tonight. I moved on these myself today. They're all still widely available. Shop 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 
Do not settle for one book. Shop. So without further ado, here's who we're rolling with. Arkansas State is plus 35 and a half at Oklahoma. We're taking the Red Wolves. Go Butch Jones. We're taking the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. Uh, there are a couple of 35 and a halfs still out there. We also like it at 35. Clemson at Duke Monday night. Been a lot of talk. Jesse, right? Been a lot of talk on this show about how Duke could beat Clemson. We're rolling with Clemson. We're laying the 12 and a half. We like it all the way up to 14, actually. But get the 12 and a halfs out there. There are several of them out there. We like it at 13 as well. Clemson minus 12 and a half. Um, let's go to Temple. But don't bet Temple. The game's at Temple. We're going to bet Akron plus 10 and a half. Love the zips. Sometimes I'll make the Z on the show there. I just did. For those of you on podcast, you didn't miss much. Akron plus 10. And in a game that's going to have a ton of eyeballs on it, uh, I think TCU is going to smoke Colorado. And so we are going to lay the 20 and a half. TCU hater, by the way. Recently minted, a freshly minted TCU hater. Now, of course, I'm not really. That's insane. But I've been told I am this week. So how do I atone? I bet my own hard-earned money and several of your dollars on TCU minus 20 and a half against Colorado. So we're going to have more. And remember, Friday Night Lines is back. So Friday night, I think I'll actually be back in Nashville because we've got a Thursday game this week. Keep an eye on the Instagram story. You got to be following at Late Kick Josh. I'll put a heads up out there about an hour ahead of time what time we're going to go live. And then let's just say it's 11 p.m. Let's say it's 1030 at that time. I'll go live. It'll be about 20 minutes. Replay is not going to be available. You got to catch it live. And I will take your questions in the live chat. And I'll tell you what the model thinks about the games you want to know about. Because obviously I don't cover all of them on the show. But if you got a game you want to bet and I didn't give it out and you just want to know what the model thinks about it, that's where you can find out. At Late Kick Josh, Instagram Live, Friday Night Lines is back. Ramen Noodle Express is back as well. I'll add more games Thursday. Remember, kids, the announcement I was going to give you early in the show. The Thursday show is going to be 3 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Mountain Time, and it's going to be live from Utah. Not only that, I have it on good authority that we have a special guest on the show. And I have it on pretty good authority that he'll be here several times this year. And it's our buddy Cole Kublik. Because I got such overwhelmingly positive feedback from you somehow that you enjoyed him being on the show. Again, somehow that happened. Like you enjoyed that. You looked at that on your screen and said, yes, I want more of this. Far be it from me to determine your preferences for you. I'm just here to deliver. And so we will have Cole on the show Thursday and, you know, things go well. If the FCC doesn't step in several Thursdays thereafter, here's what I need from you. Number one, tune in. Number two, I don't have a good name for the segment yet. Cole calls is already taken. And so you, you got Cole Kubelik. It's a really, it's a really good name off of which to work. So send me the best idea. You got about what, like 36 hours and the best one wins probably can't afford to pay any money, but I need to name that segment. So don't worry, we got a little bit of time. Until Thursday earlier in the day, for Direct Colin, for Producer Jesse, I'm Josh Pate. Thanks so much for watching. Take care. Have a great rest of your night, and God bless. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.